0: Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. We are glad you can join us here today. Our guest here this evening is a high-performance driver, both on and off track, who leads clients and friends on mountainous terrain and iconic roads with well-engineered cars. He is founder of RS Experience, where he has carefully curated some remarkable driving experiences. He has coordinated road rallies over the past
1: seven years, having logged over 10,000 miles in the Smoky Mountains. But first, a word from our sponsor... Today's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive, the next generation in car care. Springdale's locally owned, professionally operated, and whatever you drive, they service. From domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, and diesel. Springdale's classic car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. With five convenient neighborhood locations, how may Springdale Automotive be of service? I'm
0: Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel, and today we welcome Mr. Andy Papa, owner of RS Experience. Thanks for joining us here tonight, Andy. Appreciate it. Hey,
2: thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate being here. Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, we're excited to talk with you. And first of all, I guess the question is, what is RS Experience?
2: Yeah, um, so RS Experience, the way I like to refer to it, is it's a, a driving and learning experience. So uh, we do a fully curated, all-inclusive, three- or four-day ultimate driving experience uh, for performance car owners.
0: and, and they bring their own car. They bring their yeah.
2: own car and we do a lead follow format. So um I typically have the GT3 RS with me mm-hmm. and I lead the group. So they don't people don't need to bring maps and you know get the routes downloaded on a phone or anything yeah. like that. All they do is just have to hop in line and follow me gotcha. as we drive some of these iconic roads and more importantly the hidden gems, right? Everybody knows the iconic roads. It's the roads that are off the beaten path exactly. that we take folks on. Um, and then, you know, we have a photographer and videographer with us. So we capture all those moments with you and your car, uh, both on the road, as well as back at the lodge mm-hmm. um, where, you know, we have some, uh, you know, libation and whatnot afterwards at the end of the day and good food. Uh, and then the other thing that I do is when I say learning is I share my car control techniques with those that come to the event. Okay. People um who have these high performance cars or just sports cars, not everybody wants to take their car on track, but there are elements of car control that we teach on the track that can apply to street driving. Okay. So sharing those with folks, we have a document that has all these car control techniques. I don't have a class or anything like that. And we, we share with them things that they can do and take and practice on the road. And what I love is when I see folks apply those things and their confidence start to build, because now they have this car, now they're able to get the most out of that car safely, right, on a public road. Uh, but I get a big charge out of it. And then when they leave and they're energized with this new learning that they have, that's what gets me
3: pumped up. Oh, on. of course oh that is so cool sounds like an exciting time oh yeah it's a it's a, it's a blast so where did the idea for rs experience come from yeah so probably oh gosh back was it
2: 2015 you know started to get getting together with friends and doing rides in the mountains you know different sports car owners it was just a group of friends get together go out and drive and then It just folks loved it so much. They just wanted to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw the, the excitement on those that came, right. The people that participated in the fun that they have and couldn't wait for the next one. And then I had a blast, but then I enjoy just performance car driving in general. And I was like, I think there's others that would get a kick out of this besides just my close group of friends. You know, there's others Mm -hmm. that would get a kick out. And that's kind of where the idea was born.
3: That's awesome. Now I think we've all been to the Smoky Mountains. Oh yeah, and traffic there is horrendous. <laughs> so how do you, where do you find the good roads to actually have a stretch of road to enjoy the car? Exactly, over twenty-five miles an hour. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, over ooh, ten miles an we, hour. We had, we had places. a blast. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the, you know, the first, uh, you know, I,
2: I guess. Uh, not trick, but technique is to stay away from those areas that are the high touristy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, places in particular, it typically happens on the north end of the Smoky Mountains, okay. right? The Smoky Mountains in general are the most visited national park in the US, right? Are. Over 12 million visitors a year into oh, the Smoky wow. Mountains. That's amazing. I didn't know there was and, quite that many. And it yeah, is? it's like, I think more than Yellowstone and the Grand Canyon combined. Yep. And so on that northern side of the park, you know, we've heard of Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, up in those areas. It is, the traffic is pretty. So I we stay out of that area, so more in the southern end okay. of the Smoky Mountains, uh, far more west. Cherokee. Correct. Even okay. further south and gotcha. west than that. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that'll kind of keep us away from those areas.
1: Hmm. Now... We we've got the idea of where our experience came from. Where did your passion for cars come from? Oh gosh, um, when I was a kid, I
2: don't know. I don't even know how I got into it. But you know, the Lamborghini Countach and the Porsche 930 <laughs> Turbo, <laughs> right. back in my day, maybe I'm giving away my age here, um, were kind of the cars. So those posters hung on my wall, and you know, you always had this aspiration, you know, of someday. Or you watch the Formula One race or Indy race on mm-hmm. TV. Um, I remember going to work in my early 20s and driving on the interstate, and I would always seem to, at the same time, be out there with this gentleman who had a 928, a Porsche oh, wow. 928. Yep. And it was like, someday, someday, right. you know, I'm going to work.
0: And Risky someday. business comes to mind, exactly. 928.
2: Oh, well, so does uh, Weird Science. One right. Of,
0: one of the guys exactly. drove clean. <laughs> oh, the 928, yeah.
2: And so that just, you know, that that's probably, you know, where that, passion came from or excitement enjoyment of the the sports cars um and then i think i'd I'd you know, the, one of the stories I tell is for my 40th birthday, my wife bought me one of these, like, Richard Petty driving experiences, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, wow, like, this is awesome. And so you go there, you know, they they get you at the track, you nice. know, they suit you up, they teach you stuff in the class. You get out, you climb in through the window, and you're out there in this lead follow around the track at speed. And okay, let me so tell you,
0: what did you drive? I'm sorry to
2: interrupt. Do you remember? I, I, I don't remember nope. which right. car it was. You know, it was just a
1: four-speed. It was a stock car. Stock car, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NASCAR, yeah, stock car All type right. of. Didn't,
2: didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Yeah, that no, curious. but yeah. I, don't,
3: I don't I don't remember the number, yeah. if okay. it was, you yeah. know, the Dodge, a Chevy, <laughs> or a Ford. I've done the same thing at Lantern Motor Speedway. Yeah. It's a blast. And, it
2: like, is. you yeah. just go around. It was like, you know, whatever you pay for so many laps. I think it was like 10 laps, and mm-hmm. it's over, like, in a blink of an eye. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Well, I got done, and, like, I was hooked. Uh, and then some years later, I bought a uh, uh, that BMW M3 I was referring to earlier, a yeah. okay. 2004 E46 M3. Uh, I swear to this day, um, my wife probably regrets that gift because, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it, it sparked it, some things. It, right? Oh, it turned into all this <laughs> other that. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: That well, so well cool. I
1: should probably go ahead and ask you my the most important question that we've ever asked, and that is, uh, what... Oh. <laughs> What car did you drive for your driver's test? Okay, um, let me
2: see. You're you're <laughs> testing the time here. So I was my my oldest sister. I'm the youngest of three. Okay. I have two older sisters. Yeah. My oldest sister. I want to say it was a seventy-two 72- and. Paula. All right. I want to nice. say what that was. You know, no
1: power steering. That had to have been great for parallel parking. <laughs> I mean, you know, know, say the same yeah, like you had to the crank road. the wheel 18 times or something <laughs> <right>. like that <laughs> to get a in there.
0: Impala. Now, was it a four-door or two-door? It was a four-door. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, that was a total, you know, I, got you. I don't know
2: where Dad found it or right. where she ever <laughs> right. found that car. it yeah. was a
0: tank to keep your kids safe in it, Absolutely. I guess. So. It was. <laughs> you could park that car. You can park anything. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Exactly. I'm oh, glad. That. I'm
2: surprised. I remember that. But there yeah, there
0: you go. There you go. Well, fun Interesting. stuff. Interesting. That is for sure. So, um, how long have you been coordinating driving events?
2: Yeah. So this has um, probably been you know on and off over the probably those seven years I was referring to earlier is is probably how long I've been putting those together. And it really started uh, more by uh, how do I say this. It, Going out and basically getting lost, right? Going on a, a drive and not having a clue where the heck you were. Gotcha. And yep. so I said, you know, if I'm going to do these things, I really need to know these roads. So um, I can't tell you how many hours I've spent staring at Google Maps, <laughs> <laughs> you know, street you view right. and just looking at every possible road and then creating these routes and then what i do even for the events is typically in the off season usually in the early spring i do several scouting trips and Mm -hmm. look for roads right you know from the maps go out for the roads because you can you can find a really great road that looks good on paper but when you go there the pavement may not be in really Mm -hmm. good shape and you don't want to take folks out on roads where you know they may be bouncing around uh, a bunch and whatnot so you know it's like okay that's a great looking road, but right. it's really not a good driving road. I got you. Right. And then by going back and doing this year over year is you find roads that were a great road, and then they repave that road. So mm. a few years ago, you said the road is no good. Then you go back to next year, and you're like,
0: oh, uh, right. you know, they paved this
2: road. Yeah. This is awesome, you know, and then you create another route say, we're taking uh, that. So we found... Some roads and some we actually say in in the groups we call them like the road with no name, mm-hmm. or we give it another name mm-hmm. because we don't want people like you. Kind of want to keep that ah, a absolutely. secret, you right? Because right. nice. if you start putting this name, oh, we go on these <laughs> right. roads. People well, then, right? <laughs> then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of folks that are on those roads, and you end up, um, y- you know, the the you gotta remember the people that live there, you know, and. They have these cars and people are zipping around Mm -hmm. and, you know, it just, it probably gets on their nerves after a while. So you just have to be mindful of that, you know, where you're driving and how you're driving. Now, when you're out in those areas, I think you asked earlier, like some of the roads and... You know, we hit the iconic roads because people want to do that. They want to drive the tail of the dragon, right? But there's a ton, I mean, a ton of better roads down there than the tail of the dragon and roads that have less traffic and roads that may not have a lot of houses along them. Mm -hmm. And it just makes for a more
1: enjoyable, you know, experience. They seem to be a little more intimate as well because it's just you, the road, and your group and just nature. right. Yeah, that that's a
2: that's a really good point. Um, is I, you know when you talk about intimacy and I you know, I'll, I'll inject in here that we keep our groups fairly small. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my events run from say five to ten cars uh, typically. Um, I've done events with, gosh, I've been out on the road with probably leading thirty thirty five cars, wow. and and that is it's a chore sure, trying right. to keep people together, you know, whether you're at a stop sign, a traffic light and turning. And then the other challenge you have in the mountains is if you want to stop at an overlook, right. um, there's not a whole lot where you're going to get, you know, 20, 30 cars right. to stop, into yeah. an overlook. And yep. then, you know, you want to stop and get gas and that, that, Oh, we're going to stop for 10 minutes and get gas turns into like 30 plus minutes. Right. Uh, so we keep them intimate and small. And the other thing I like okay. about that, because another part of this experience is it's about the people, right? It's about cars, but it's about people coming together and that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And when you have these smaller intimate groups and everybody can kind of just be together, because if, if you have 30, you end up with a group of five or six over here, a group of five or six there, a group of five or six here, and they all don't, come together, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. When you have these smaller groups and everybody's together and they're sharing stories and you know, from the day everybody's got their story about the day's mm-hmm. drive. Uh and in that piece, um, it's real important to me and and I want folks to say, Hey, it's great driving these roads. I love getting and you know, learning about my car and getting more out of my car. But it's also really fun meeting other car Mm -hmm. people and and it doesn't matter what they're driving um you know people we all have our passion around certain brands but you find the aston guy wanting to talk to the mustang guy about his car show me your car and the mustang guy asking the jaguar guy or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be And at the end of the day you go these are just car guys
1: yeah right or ladies yep that's right well and i I guess you see that because usually the jag the different car groups are with their groups that's right and then when they see these other cars they are like well oh my goodness i'm up close to one of these i've never really been up close to one of these before because i've always been with my group and the cars that i share in my community and now you've got these other communities come together you're absolutely right and then you've got all these guys going "Mm, i need to build another spot in my garage i need to get one of these now and you need to get one of these and now right we've we've had guys um
2: We've had uh, participants that have come to our events as passengers with a friend, and then they go home. They come back, uh, or and in their own car. And some of them will send me emails and they'll say, "Okay, Andy, I have this much money to spend on a car. What car do you think I should get?" I was like, "Oh, wow, that's a loaded question." <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. So yet you ask questions, right, oh, to certainly. try to understand what they want to use and how they want to use that car, and then. Um, they come to one of our events now as a driver, right? They were a passenger with a buddy. Now they want to come back uh, with their own car. So that's cool. I've got a part B to my question.
0: Go. Cool. So you do this full-time at your job. On behalf of John, Eric, and I, we want to know if you're hiring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right. I want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I, yeah.
2: It, it's, it, you know, anything with starting a, you know, a new business is, is just getting – the word out there is oh, really sure. important. Yeah. So, you know, the, just the fact of being on this show is, is incredible, um, honor. And I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Um, Glad you know, to have you cause yeah. that, that's, that's right now. It's just getting, getting the word out there, getting the name out there and whatnot.
3: Yeah. So Andy, tell us and talk about a little about your professional driving experience. Sure. Like where did you learn everything that you know now? Yeah.
2: Over a bunch of years. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it probably all started, um, let me see, 2010, late 2009, 2010, when I uh, purchased my first Porsche Carrera S. And the local dealership uh, sponsors a track day when you buy a new 911. So they you know, said, hey, we've got a, this event coming up. You want to come and do this? I said, yeah, I've never done anything like that before other than that Richard Petty experience. I said, yeah, let's do that. So went up to the track, and uh, typically at those driving events, when you go to, they call it HPDE, High Performance Drivers Education. And there's events all around the world, or all around the U.S. and the world. Uh, this particular one is through Porsche Club of America. And they uh, put you, they break folks into different driving groups based on your skill. So from beginner to like advanced. Okay. So of course, I'm a beginner, never did this before. So you get a, an instructor in the car with you, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost you anything. I mean, other than what you paid to go to the event. In this case, I paid nothing because it was sponsored by the dealer. And then in that car, they're really teaching you, they're teaching you how to drive a racetrack. So it's different than driving on the street. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you're just learning, how do I get around this place? How do I do it safely? Um, you know, throughout the track, there's what they call corner workers that would alert somebody if there's, you know, some hazard or something in a particular area of the track. So it's it's really teaching you um, the line around the track, teaching you awareness uh, of the track, obviously out there with other cars on the track. And then you're going to learn right how to drive your car. Um, so did that for several years. And then there's a point where you go, oh, I need a better car. I need to go faster. <laughs> okay. So therefore, I need more car. And as you talk to folks, they're like, "Mm, no, probably not, but we all think we do. And so a really good advice I got one time from um, a great instructor was invest in coaching, invest in you you and your learning. You can go spend money on cars, right? You Guys, here I don't have to tell you it's a slippery slope, right? Mm. When you start, I need this. <laughs> right. Oh, you know, be really cool is yeah. if I got that, yes. and you know, even be better is if I got, and then the next thing you know, you're investing all this money trying to find another second or whatever it may be out of your car. When really, you have to ask yourself, Have I learned everything I can, you know, about car control, about driving fast or driving a high performance car? So, um. I I was fortunate to get some coaching through this um program that the dealer sponsored where they would actually have professional uh, drivers from the Barber the Porsche track experience down at Barber Motorsports Park. Oh. So some of those guys and these guys are all racers. They would come and I would get some time with them in the right seat of the car teaching me and, and, you know, things more so than some of the – just a general, quote, instructor would. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a piece. And then a few years later, I took that to the next level by doing um, simulation training. Oh, nice. So working right. with a professional up in Indy who actually coaches some of the pro drivers, which was really cool. Um, so went to his facility, and then he did a combination, combination of, like, some classroom – and then application on the simulator. And that was probably, that training was what got me to the point where I started becoming very comfortable with the car. Uh, a while back, I had an instructor one time. It was a really flamboyant guy, uh, really funny too. And he said, "He's how did it go? Something like. A horse has a mind of its own. So when you're riding a horse, right, the horse, even if it's trained and you know what you're doing, the horse will kind of do what a horse wants to do. He said, but this car, this car will only do what you tell it to do. And so it's like, oh, okay. So when I went to this training, what's interesting is the gentleman who teaches the training is actually a a former uh, fighter pilot, flew F teens, I think. Um, and then he was an instructor as well. So he took what he learned from that and applied it. And so he started teaching car control. So he would tell you, here's, here's when the car does this, these are the inputs you do. And then we would go to the simulator and practice it. And there was a few times where I'm, and I told him it was okay to yell at me. I mean, you'll just get in like, because I would do things and he would rewind the tape. And he's like, okay, so you wrecked here, right? You went and you wrecked. He rewinds it. He says, when did you feel the car beginning to, whether it was slide or you were starting to lose control? And he's playing it real slow. And I would say, okay, right about there. And he's like, okay, let's keep it going. Then why did it take you another five, six seconds to do the input to correct it? Cause then it was too late, right? Mm, you know, that sure. input was too late. And I'm like, uh, I don't know because uh, I'm slow, yeah. That that was more than likely it, yeah, because I'm just not that smart. Uh, you know, it, but doing that over and over, and I, I don't know how many sessions I did with him. And then I got to the point where when I would go to new tracks, um, I would visit him and we would bring those tracks up, like on iRacing, um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, both Mid Ohio. And then Watkins Glen. I hadn't been to Watkins Glen before, and I went up, and I think one day we must have done a hundred laps at Watkins oh, Glen. That's awesome. And then you learn all the um, reference points. Uh, you learn braking areas, and so when I went up there, I hadn't been there before. So they put an instructor in the car with me. We went around that first session, and the instructor's like, uh, "You haven't been here before." No, you know, and I'm just, you know, just here my first time, you know, and he's like, you know, I think later after that session, he soloed me, you know, where I could go out by myself. Cause he's like, oh yeah, you have this down. Oh, nice. So that was worth, you know, the investment mm-hmm. in that training, training. Mm-hmm. you know, just had, I had a better time at the track. That's, that's so fantastic. Cool. Nice. So that, so I know that may have been long winded.
1: No, answer, no, but, no know, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. Well, and and we'll come back because I think what, you, what really hits about that is that you can go fast around a track or you can be efficiently fast around the track where being efficient around a track is actually faster than just hauling, just trying to haul around as quick as you can because hauling, slamming on the brake, hitting the gas, hitting the brake, but maintaining a constant groove around there, hitting those apexes, hitting those brakes where you're not hitting the brakes, but you're not letting off the – it's just there's a – Ballet, the ballet that little dance that you have with the car that you hit with the track you're absolutely right <clears throat> so yeah you don't have to be going fast and still be the fastest time out there All right
2: yeah smooth smooth is fast that's an expression you hear a lot about is is you know being smooth mm-hmm. that's part of that efficient and when i say smooth that's with your feet and your hands. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, this, this, you know, applying firm pressure on the brakes when you want to stop, but it's, it's not jerking motion right. because what you're trying to do, you know, the way I teach people is it's all about weight management. You're trying to maintain the balance of that car. Think about it. If, mm-hmm. if you had equal weight on all four tires, that car would be pretty invincible, right? I mean, you know, it, it would just have a lot of grip. So if, If your job is to maintain that balance, um, and and to your point, as an instructor, I get out there and I was out with a young gentleman one time in a GT350, a Mustang GT350. So you're going around the track, and I mean, he's hitting the brakes, he's real hard and turns, and you know, it's, it's like you're getting jerked. Uh, and and then all of a sudden you hit that straightaway and he just hammers it and you're flying down the straightaway and it's like, well, you do realize you know there is a turn down here at the end of the straightaway. Then they get there and they're just like, oh my God, what do I do? They're all, and it's like, so I said, how about we just pull back on the speed? Mm -hmm. Let's get this rhythm down, Mm -hmm. get the track down and then, you know what? I promise you, you'll go faster without having to slam it going down that Mm -hmm. straightaway. And the
1: inertia, don't lose all that inertia in the car. Let it let it pull you through, and it's it's. I went through a Bob Bondurant Car Control Clinic, and it's helped me through my entire life on driving on the road. We I was t- we were talking last night briefly about decreasing radius turns mm-hmm. and how they just sneak up on you, and all of a sudden, oh, I'm I'm using ramps on the expressway. Well, they just kind of tuck it in a little bit there and you think oh is fine on this 30 ramp and then all of a sudden it says 25 and you're like oh, and then it just hits you yep. and you slam on the brakes you think you're going to spin out and those little gotcha moments but when you take these kind of classes from the rs experience and you can learn how to control your car you learn how to drive it becomes ex- exhilarating Real quick, let's take a quick moment and ask our listeners to please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on insuring not only your classic car, but for all of your collectibles. Please check them out at gdherring.com and join us at our website, theclassiccarcorner.com. We're talking with Andy Papa about the RS experience. Jason. Yes. Come on down. I have another question for you, Andy. You
0: ready for this one? Go. Where do you stay on your rallies?
2: Oh, yeah. So um there's a couple of places down in the mountains, but uh one that I've been staying at that I really enjoy lately is a, a lakeside lodge. Mm-hmm. I can't give away the name though. That's a secret. Yeah. You, have to, <laughs> you have to sign up. I can't tell you that here. We'll leave the light on for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <right>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um it's a it's a small lodge. Uh we usually have it exclusively to ourselves, Man. which makes it kind of fun. And so uh and it's right on the lake. There's a dock over there Uh, one night during the summer. They do barbecues down by the lake on Friday evening. So we have a barbecue one night. Um, It's a really, it's
3: a great place. Sounds fun. It's a really nice place. So how many do you typically do in a spring, summer, or fall?
2: Maybe six, five to six um, different sizes. Yeah. We've got one coming up here just a a few weeks.
1: Now, what kind of cars can I bring to the rally? Yeah, that's a good one.
2: And this is one that, you know, as a, as a, when I said earlier, you know, a new small business owner, if you will, is it's trying to find that right sweet spot. So we, we talk about performance and sports cars. Um, and that is really more about, you know, horsepower to weight ratio, a car that can handle well, right. Cause mm-hmm. you're in, you're in these mountain roads, you're in the twisty roads and whatnot. And so that's usually, I try not to be specific about models. We give examples. We may say, you know, Porsche, Audi, BMW, you know, Aston Martin, this, that, and the other thing. But, um, you know, Corvettes, Mustangs, any of those cars. You know, some people will ask, oh, can I bring my Sonata? You know, can I bring my, you know, X340, my XM340 or 300, you know, 3M? It's like, you know, you could... Uh, but you might not have as good of time, you know, a good (laughs) time. And Mm -hmm. then it's managing the group, right? There's some people that come and they know how to drive and they want to drive. And, you know, it's this idea, you want to keep the group together, right? It's Mm -hmm. no fun going out there. And, Three cars are way ahead, and two people are way in the back. Right. right? That's not really
1: what it's about. So it's like I want I want everybody to have a good time. Why are we Why are we slowing down? Well, we got to wait for the Wrangler to come catch up to us. <laughs> yeah, right. You he really you didn't hit. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> he really didn't take those turns back as quickly as the rest of us could because well yeah he didn't want to roll over. And
3: then they try to catch up, and then they overdrive, and then they end up well that yes you know, that s-
1: that
2: slingshot move <laughs> where people lay back and then they want to like just zip up, and it's mm-hmm. like yeah no let's not do that.
1: Well, and if you go up and down around mountain roads and you don't handle them properly, you will cook your brakes quickly. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, this example
2: you gave before, decreasing radius turns. I mean, there's a there's a really great road down there, beautiful skyway, and it has a lot of those decreasing radius turns. And they can catch you by surprise. Now, luckily, uh, in one part of the road, they're marked. Um, mm-hmm. They do these little tick marks on the road to uh, on the side and on the center line. If you see those tick marks, it's to alert you that that turn is a decreasing radius turn. Uh, But it's then teaching people what to do is if I get in that turn and I got in there too hot, I tell them what not to do. Uh, And then what to do Mm -hmm. um, so that they can control themselves going through that turn. Because as you know, right, you know, you don't want to break in the
1: middle of a turn. You got to release that energy somehow. How do you do it safely?
2: Right, right. Yeah. So we we work (laughs) on that for folks who like, you know, I want you to go home in your car exactly the way you got here in your car. That's right. And that
0: brings me to this question is. Uh, Do most of these folks go solo, or is it okay to bring a spouse or a friend? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I would say probably 70%, two-thirds, are probably singles. And then the other will bring – we've had folks bring a friend. We've had them bring their spouse, so wives. Um, I've had folks bring father-in-laws. I guess right, that's okay. good. There you go. Uh, yeah. Sons, uh, you know, this next event I have coming up, we have a few okay. that are bringing their sons with them. So, yeah, sure. Okay. Whoever you think is going to enjoy driving, okay. some want to switch, take turns driving the same car, absolutely.
3: All right. So what does a typical uh, day uh, look like at uh, RS Experience? Yeah,
2: a lot of driving. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we uh, we drive probably – 225 to 250 miles a day. Um, some may be a little bit shorter. And depending on the conditions, right, because we drive in all kinds of weather, so depending on the conditions, I may change it up a little mm-hmm. bit, right? If there was a particular road that was, well, wow, that's really great, but maybe in these conditions it wouldn't be as much fun. I may tweak it a little bit. Uh, we typically start out, so you start out the morning with a you know, really nice breakfast, You know, have breakfast, get yourself fueled up for the day, and then I just do a, a brief of what the route's going to be for the day, kind of what we're going to go. They, they have all that in their room when they arrive. They, they have their itinerary. They know the roads, what we're going to do. But I talk a little bit about that. If there's any of these car control techniques that we need to go through, I'll review that. And then we're on the road, I would say, nine, no later than 9.30. Uh, we take a picnic lunch with us, so when we leave the lodge there 's uh you know we have our bags, our picnic lunches that we take with us, and what that allows us to do is to stop anywhere out on the road where we just find a good spot, people are hungry, hit a picnic area, hit an overlook and and stop as opposed to I need to make this restaurant at this time because mm-hmm. when it 's just so planned, you know, something's bound to go wrong. Right. You know, you yeah. get there late, you get to the restaurant, whatever, it's super crowded, whatever, you know, you just blow an hour more at the restaurant when you could have been out driving. So the picnic lunch just builds in some of that flexibility. And then we work to get back, I, I work to get back to, to the lodge like five, 530. And then when we get back, we have a, uh, we have some munchies, hors d'oeuvres, um, you know, happy hour, if you will, drinks, mm. Before dinner, and dinners typically around six thirty, seven o'clock at night. Um, and one of the things I'll, I'll I'll just throw in here is that these events are all inclusive, so you're talking about meals, accommodation, mm-hmm. like everything, even you know liquor. Can I say that? <laughs> um, you know, yeah. E- even even liquor. So the only thing you're paying for is your gas and any incidentals. Is is really mm-hmm. all you pay? Nice. Well, I, and the thing
1: is, you should gloss over. You know, we take a picnic lunch because. It, when you have to hit that restaurant at a certain time, you lose that opportunity that where you're going over this Vista and you hit the the lighting at just the right time. And it's just the magnificent beauty of the land that you're driving through. It's like if we had, if we couldn't have been able to afford a stop and just take it in, you just would have just gone like, oh, it's, I wish I had time to look at that. I'll look at that some other time. Now's the time. Right. And I think it just adds to that experience. Yeah. And I pull the group, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's them. It's not me.
2: You know, mm-hmm. it, it's really about them. So I, I, you know, I ask, you know, if they're hungry, when do you want to eat? You, uh, you guys want to stop now? Do you want to stop later? Here's a thought. And, you know, usually the group, you know, they'll all chime in. We have, you know, high powered walkie talkies. Yeah, everybody, everybody gets, I, I give everyone a walkie talkie and that allows me as the lead car. To talk about um, you know any objects in the road, you know if there's uh, pedestrians, if there's a cyclist, right? You're on the roads and there's a mm-hmm. cyclist on these roads, um, you know roadkill. Uh, things like that. And then it's, it's good for just general banter. You know, people oh, yeah. like, you know, we just, you know, like make fun of each that's other right. or something like picking
1: on, you know, It sounds folks like the, <laughs> the best live experience of Top Gear you could ever have.
3: Yeah. And it's right here at the experience. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sounds like awesome. a blast. You definitely have to watch out for the roadkill. Oh, yeah. I have personal experience on that. And trees, too. Yeah. The trees. No, no, you came trees. Them, we
2: came around to Ben one time, and there was a tree halfway across the lane oh mm-hmm. wow! and it's like just quick on the radio, like Gay tree, <laughs> you know, um, I actually had the one actually went right through like the front splitter of my car or whatever, like oh, wow. a piece of yeah, limb. Farmer Bob's cow got out. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes farmer Bob, like, <laughs> y- like you have to, like on some of these bigger rallies that I've been on, w- when you have a group of 30 cars go through, and then 15 or 20 minutes later, another group of 30 cars come through. And some of these folks are like, okay, I've had enough of that. Um, you have to watch out for a farmer, Bob. <laughs>
3: wow. Yeah. Flying manure. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> poo
3: <Hoo-bong-poo.
2: laughs>
0: So here we are at uh, minute marker 35. we got about five more minutes here. So okay. we definitely want to make sure we get – the contact info, how people can reach you um, uh, for your experience, but but we do have maybe a question or two further here uh, on your experiences. I know we talked about some of the the cars that you've had on there. What what have been the most favorite cars that people just absolutely love enjoying driving on? I mean, I know you've got the Porsche. I mean, what 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 are oh, what seems to be the most popular um, uh, of rides on those roads back there?
2: you know for the for the groups that i've led um and, and and maybe it's just people that i attract just because of the car i have is mm-hmm. the porsche seems to be a a, a popular car yeah, right. um you know it's a, it's a good handling car good driver's car um i i would say that you know a lot of like um a, a gt4 boxster cayman uh mm-hmm. types i mean you get a few 911s uh but the 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 boxster i would say that's um one um the bigger cars uh, had an M850i, which did well, but, you know, it's it's the brakes. You had mentioned earlier about using your brakes a lot on the mountain roads. And, and you know, you have this 4,600-pound car. You're going to use a lot of brake on the road. So um, I just make sure. And we, we do ask folks. Um, you know, we have a document that we share with them where we say it probably wouldn't hurt for you to have a – Safety check of your car, Um, you know, have someone take a look at your brakes, just make sure that your pads are good. Rotors are probably good, but, you know, check your pads, check your tires, maybe even have the brake fluid check just to make sure the boiling point is good. Mm. I don't know if they have to put race brake fluid in their car necessarily, uh, but things like that, because those are things you're going to Mm. use um on the roads and i I want you to be safe and i want you to have a good time right it's going to ruin your day if if you know something happens you break down and you you can't enjoy the the time
3: yeah yeah i still dream about your porsche gt (laughs) rs yeah that thing was up on the lift and
2: by the time i was leaving i was like "Uh," but yeah uh,
3: i was kind of hoping you're bringing it yeah yeah, that bmw driveway is pretty nice (laughs) as well thank you so uh, where can I learn more about RS Experience Web, Social Media? Yeah, and YouTube we, we've channels.
2: got we've got all those good things. So right. our our website obviously www. So that's without the e. It's R S X P E R I E N C E. If I can spell dot com, um, and then on social, both Facebook and Instagram are rs. Experience so rs experience again with the x and then youtube you can
3: search on youtube just rs experience and also if we will get that as well we'll put it on our social media as well hey that's and super that thank you people appreciate visit that. our pages and listen to our podcast awesome. so hopefully that'll swing some uh inquiries your absolutely. way absolutely awesome yep. thank you now this is i
1: know this experience is one is an automotive bucket list for us we we've, we've, we've got to do a rally that sounds like a We've blast. already said we got to do it. Now, do you have any bucket list drives that you have on that you're sitting there thinking of I uh, just got I just have to hit that at least once. Uh. Yes. Yes,
2: absolutely. Um I would say first is one of these days I would love to do a Porsche Euro delivery. Um, i I've have some friends who have done those and I really want to hit a lot of those Alpine passes. You know, mm-hmm. you, there's like Stelvio pass and there's a few other famous passes out there that I would love to do as well as hit some of the circuits, um, in Europe, some of the racetracks there. Obviously I think I probably would do Nürburgring just cause you have to, if you're mm-hmm. there. Um, and then the other piece is I've been watching some YouTube channels, some, um, automotive journalists, reviewers, driving on some of the uh, Scottish highlands and Mm -hmm. also some of the roads in Wales and that country and those wide open roads look really neat. So that's probably on my bucket list.
1: That's awesome. I I just, I just put down like, I just want to actually drive route 66. I've done, what was it? I 40 Mm -hmm. that rides beside it. I've done that from Phoenix all the way back up to the Mississippi, but actually being on route 66, Driving it on in Albuquerque was pretty cool. I was like, I just would like to do this all the way across, just to, just on the old. That road. would be fun.
3: Yeah, that route sixty six w- from Flagstaff all the way into basically Baker or just south of Vegas, about an hour and a half south of Vegas, you can get there. All, all 30, Route sixty six. Yeah, yeah. got to I,
2: skip I, off. I know it's
3: chopped up. Yeah. yeah, you have to skip off every now and yeah. again. Yeah, uh,
2: I've done a little piece there yeah. in uh, Williams, Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. a while back. Uh, that was um that was neat yeah
1: that, York, that's a good one
3: i always like the berber shave signs i don't know if you the remember seeing those if you guys have been on burma it, shave burma it shave. just tells a story as you're going as down you're going
1: on, on yeah and it finally
3: says buy burma shave <laughs> oh there you go it's, it's really neat <laughs> yeah, i cool. never heard of it uh until the first time i was there and we drove down there i'm like what is that and after about six or seven signs by burma shave and then we were at a, a shop on route 66 there in Seligman, and there was yeah. a book about Burma Shave, and it had all their signs that they ever put up on the highway. That's pretty interesting.
0: That is, that is so cool.
3: And I think I have one final question. So we, you've
1: had okay. a collection of cars so far. Do you have any other cars on your bucket list that that your that your wife will go? Yeah, it seems about right when it pulls up in the driveway. Oh <laughs> right. gosh, um,
2: I think she's like, "Are you done?" Um, yeah, that's kind of my wife is like, "Why, why can't you just drive a regular car? <laughs> These I are regular like cars." Yeah, <laughs> depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> you know, right. Define regular? Gas, um, oil, yeah, air, yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah. all. Yeah. She's yeah? like, "Oh my God, please Keys? be done with it already!" <laughs> I, you know, th- they always say the next Porsche is the better, the best one. You know, the next 911, the next whatever. But you know, it's a it's a Mary. That you get on, and sometimes you just have to say, All right, maybe I need to take a pause on this merry-go-round. Someday I would love to get um, one of the air-cooled Porsches, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, whether it's a 964 or a 993 um, generation uh, 911. Mm -hmm. Um, If money were no object, my dream car would be a Porsche Carrera GT. Okay, uh, nice. They were built in 2004, 2005. Um, I think there's like maybe 600 and so in the U.S. It's a 600-horsepower V10. Um, and fortunately, through a really good friend, um, I was able to drive one a wow. few years back. So I got to drive a, a Carrera GT for about an hour and a half. Oh, um, nice. And that was... Yeah. Now, did they only come in silver? Or no. Did they No, there's a few. There was a few colors um, that they came in: uh, silver, yellow, black, maybe white. Um, There was a few, a few colors um, that they came in.
1: I think the closest I ever got to one of those is Car and Driver. Right. (laughs) Or Gran they're, they're just <laughs> our, our, our video game.
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> What's funny
1: is that the steering wheel, the dash
2: is all like nine nine six, which is the what two thousand to mm-hmm. two thousand whatever you know nine eleven. The steering, I mean, you, you sit in, you are like, oh, this is like a nine nine six. You know, obviously the gear shifters here. I mean, mm-hmm. the the pedals are a little bit different. Um, that car has a ceramic clutch, so the clutch in first gear, y- you. You just need to release the clutch. You really don't need to give any gas. Um, So that's something that's different, Mm -hmm. right? We're all used to, you know, you have to uh, give it gas. So it's a little bit different pulling away in first gear in the Carrera GT. But the rest of the time, the other gears, I felt it was, it just felt like driving a regular car as far as shift. Now, now, you know, I put the gear low like a second or third, and you just want to hear that V10 behind (laughs) you. I mean, it's just an amazing sound. Wow. That is so cool. Awesome. That really is.
0: So, I'm going to eke out one more quick question, guys. uh Just real quick. What is the future of RS experience? What, what's the future?
2: Yeah. So, for me, the future is going to be um, probably staying in the Smoky Mountains for another year or so. Um, you know, we were talking earlier, right, you know, some of the areas that are super crowded north side of the park, especially. So, we're a little bit more on the south. But there's some really great roads um East, like closer to towards the Asheville area, okay, um, that are just a little too far to get to when you're on the west end. I mean, It could take like two hours one way to just get there, and then if you drive roads, two hours. It's just it's a really long mm-hmm. day, and I don't really don't want to put people through that. So I would say that, and then um, eventually I'd like to go to other places around the country. I mean, there's places in the Northeast, there's places out west. I have a friend out in uh, Washington State, and he's told me about some awesome roads. Like through Washington, Idaho into Montana, uh, and maybe do something like that. Oh, that's and so then cool. further down the road, this is you know this is probably a little bit of just you know on piece of paper right now is I enjoy meeting people and talking about people, people sharing their experience, and so I think whether it's through my YouTube channel um, is to showcase other drivers and their cars mm-hmm. tell me the story about you and your car mm-hmm. right and then i would love to couple that with either you show me the roads where you live right Sh- you know you show me your roads you know where you are that you love to drive on uh and maybe put something together like that it's it's still kind of shaping up i got gotcha. you that that might be something there i'd like go. to do
0: well very good well andy papa thank you so much for joining us here and just thank for, you real real quick uh One more time on your web address, how people can
2: find you. Sure. Uh, www.rsexperience, just with X, no E, experience.com. Fantastic. And for our listeners of the podcast,
0: like us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe so you're notified of new shows, and please leave us a review. Please check out our new website, www.theclassiccarcorner.com. And for... Uh, Our listening audience, thank you so much for joining us here. Happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.